episode is sponsored by award-winning book, Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot by James Allen Ross. Hey, Blue Things. It's your girl, Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just Ghoulie Things. Whoa. It's not the same when I don't get to chime in, but it's my own fault this week. It's okay. For next week. We'll be together and reunited because it's been too long. I'll but, do my vocal warm-ups. Yes. <laughs> but what were some vocal warm-ups we used to do in theater? I Remind me. Refresh me. You, okay, we used to love the Angels. Do you remember Angels? It was when we would go, because um, we, did, we did this one together when we did the show. It was like, uh, 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 it was just a scale. Yes. Like a really, okay. yeah. It was a slow scale done in harmony. So she would play the chord and then we would all kind of get there and we would do it together slowly. And then Karina would always be like, you sound like angels. And that was iconic because we definitely did not. (laughs) But I appreciate the encouragement. She's one of the few people I know. Shout out to Karina Sowers Adler because she's one of the few people I know who was doing exactly what she should be doing. You know what I mean? Legitimately, yeah. Like, you know, sometimes... Exactly. Like she was born to do what she does. And it's so funny. Like, you know, sometimes you'll be at like Walgreens and like, you're like, why is this cashier doing this job? Or you're at the doctor's office and the front desk lady's really rude. And you're like, this isn't what you should be doing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like when you're driving past someone and you look at the person driving the car and you're like, I did not expect that person to be driving that car. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like, but She's doing the most and like exactly what she needs to do. I was talking to my mom about it the other day too. I was like, how great is Karina? And she was like, she's just such a good woman and a, and something like, not like a genius. Um, not that she's not a genius, but you know, like something along those lines, like just a, like a, a ma- like a genius talent or I, I don't remember what it was, but we were hyping her up the other day. Cause it's so true. Like she's meant to be working with like, you know, the like tween age, teenage, young adult age group in like small community settings doing theater and cabaret. Like that's her. To work with that demographic, you have to have a passion. You have the amount of patience she must have. I can't. I, I honestly, I think about it quite often because I look at how we were at that age and I feel like you and I haven't changed much in regards to like our humor or like yeah. how we are together. But, like, imagine us, but significantly more inappropriate and immature. And then, like, on top of that, there's, like, five times more people that are similar to us. Like, oh, my God, I can't. I can't. My head. I wanted to punch myself in the face looking back at how I was at that age. Dude, Love me love. too. I want to shake my, I want to grab myself by the head and shake it and be like, and you wonder why you had no friends? You wonder why you were bullied? <laughs> it's like that TikTok sound. You don't see the way you are around, or whatever it is. Why are you like that? You don't see the way you act around people. Honestly, if I could go back in time, I'd totally play that sound. Right? Like that's so, that's a very theater kid sound. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Nothing describes a theater kid more than the theater kids at 11 o'clock at night in the diner singing the show tunes they just performed an hour before. Oh my God. Yes. The fl- dude, you know, what is the most like called out I've ever felt like the most attacked was the, if 
I actually was telling one of my coworkers about it because I did I um I was telling him about theater and high school theater and community theater and all that stuff. And somehow that SNL Crucible cast party skit yes. came up and I was like, dude, that's exactly what you that is what it is. Like is the most accurate representation, right? You've got the one straight guy who all the girls are in love with. And <laughs> The God, for some reason, whenever I watch that, the Godspell poster that's in um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's room just sends me every time, and I don't know why. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, Lily, describe, the, name the title again so that people can look it up on YouTube. It is called Crucible Cast Party. Do you remember? Well, you were never really active on Facebook, but when it came out, it was everywhere on my feed because all of my friends were theater people and they were all sharing it because it's so true it broke the internet of theater of former and current theater kids like it broke the internet and i watched it actually a girl i know was an extra in it Get out. but it's like you're watching it and they're like 25 virgins and a lot of sprite and you're like yes <laughs> yes so much sprite <laughs> Why did I forget that part? So much Sprite. Why were we so Sprite? Like 25 virgins and a lot of Sprite. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Everyone um, has to watch it immediately. And then you'll know why Rebecca and I are the way we are. Well, finish this episode uh, and then watch it. Because yes. Because a good episode ahead. But anyway. We have some good stuff. Hey, boo things. And welcome back to Just Only <laughs> Things 2022. And we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hello. All right. So we have a lot to catch up on. We haven't recorded since Christmas. Got a lot mm-hmm. of stuff going on. Mostly we're going to be talking about Lily's life because Lily's life is always changing on us. 25-8. So uh, Lily, before we, record, before we started recording, Lily said that she had a couple stories that she wanted to wait to see my reaction live on the show. So uh, Lily, take it away. All right. Do you, I'm going to open up with what the conversation I had today with the customer. Okay. So as you guys know, it's been a minute since I told a work story. It's been way too long. Yeah. So the one we'll go with today is, um, I had a customer and he was, so basically, obviously people at banks can see your whole profile. Yeah. And I know that some banks will also do like pre-screening even just for loans or something, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but one of the things that we get is like we get these little messages um, after a transaction before the receipt. And sometimes it's like, it's your birthday this month. Happy birthday. Sometimes it just says, thanks for being a customer. You know, I guess that means they must come in a lot or, um, you know, um, just random like verbatims they want us to ask. Okay. You know, so like... Oh, it's your birthday this month. Happy birthday. Oh, the right. Um, oh, are you, you know, whatever. And one of them is you're pre-qualified for a credit card. Okay. And that one actually drives me crazy because every time it comes up, I have to print them and give them something about the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And even if they're like, oh, I know, like they told me last time I'm not interested. I still have to like give them this pamphlet that's like, just so you know, I'm doing this with equity. <laughs> weirdest thing they're always like thanks so anyways I had this guy and there's a promotion going on so I I let him know he's pre-qualified and he was like oh really and I tell him about the promotion and you know make sure he knows it's a credit card not a debit card and make that clear and he seems really interested 
And when I, so I was in the drive up and he was on the phone. And when I told him, I was like, um, sir, you know, you're pre-qualified for one of our credit cards. He, I heard him say like, oh, one second, I'll call you back. And he was like, I'm sorry, what was that? And then, you know, we, we have the conversation and I let him know, you know, it's only like four questions if he wanted to apply and he could actually, you know, we might be able to print it for him and he could leave with it. So he was like, you know, I'm definitely interested, but I, I have to come back. And I was like, okay. And I thought that was, you know, how it's like, oh, I'll come back. You're just right? being nice. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. He was like, no, I really would like to come back though. I just, um, I'm on the other line with my brother. We're making funeral arrangements. Oh. So I have to call him back. And I was like, oh. I was like, I'm, I, I like froze. I was like, I'm, I said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, like, listen, if you're pre-qualified now, I'm sure you'll stay. Don't, I was like, don't rush back. You know, these yeah. products will exist forever. And he kind of laughed. He was like, thanks for understanding. I was, I didn't want you to think I was going to just like, just blowing you off. I really would like it. It sounds like a great card. And I was like, yeah, um, no, no problem. Well, you know, enjoy the rest of your day. Like, what do you say? Good luck with the funeral. <laughs> this pre-qualification will last forever. Unlike the person you're making funeral arrangements <laughs> for. Dude, my coworker heard the whole thing and she was like, I don't know. Funerals are expensive. Why not earn some cash back with it? <laughs> Get those points. I felt so bad. And like, I, I felt so bad. So that was one thing. Um, why, like, why the explanation? Why did he feel the need? I, I think he honestly just thought, like, felt rude saying, oh, I'll come back because, you know, some people think we make commission off of these things, which I, listen, if, if there is whatever bank that they know that makes commission off of stuff like this, please let me know. (laughs) But, um, so they'll just be really rude or like, I'm just trying to, you know, why are you doing this or whatever? But it's like, listen, if it pops up, I have to say it. Here's your yeah. little pamphlet. I didn't even give this guy the pamphlet though. I was like, you could go. Like, I'm <laughs> sure he won't be bad. <laughs> Did he come back? He didn't come back. Um, if he does, I'll definitely let you know. If he also does, it'll probably be a while from now and I won't remember what he looks like because he wasn't a regular customer. Imagine if this guy had such bad social anxiety that he felt weird not giving you an explanation as to like, like he was like, Oh my God, like I need to tell her that I have to go, but like, let me give her like a believable excuse on why I can't do this right now. And so he made it this elaborate lie that he's planning a funeral. That could so be it. I mean, he literally, at first he said, cause he was like, Oh, like, can I apply online? I was like, yeah, just, you know, you can always come to a branch. We can print it right away. And he, and he was like, okay, yeah, I'm just in the middle of something right now. And I was like, okay, yeah. And then that's when I let him know. I was like, it's only like five questions, three, you know, four questions. And he was like, no, I, I, I have to call my brother back. He's on, you know, we're planning a funeral. So I don't know if that was a way to get me to shut up, but yeah. if, if it was, it worked because I felt so bad, but yeah, I did. I, um, don't tell my boss I didn't give him the credit reporting um, printout. But I was just like, because his receipt's about to print. I was like, okay, you're all set. I didn't even realize I didn't give it to him. <laughs> you were just throw, so thrown off. 
I was so thrown for a loop because I'm used to people cutting me off and saying I'm not interested, people insulting me by thinking I'm trying, you know, like I I get it. Like I understand all of those things. Yeah. But, you know, oh, I'm going, I'm in the middle of something or I'm going through something. I was like, yeah, 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 just a couple questions, no stress. No, like I'm planning a funeral. I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah, so um, that's story number one. And then story number two is, so, yeah, I called you the other night, Rebecca. Um, yes. Because I had been out on a Saturday. Uh-huh. And my friends, and I, we were kind of bored. And I'm actually pretty much the only single one. Okay. So they were like, do you still have Hinge? And I was like, absolutely. I disabled my account, but I could turn it back on. So <laughs> this one person, I turn it on. And basically what we like to do with these things is like set the mile to a radius and see if anyone else where we are is actively on the app. Okay. It worked once, but they didn't see the message till later. So we need, I think we need to, you know, perfect it a little. But anyways, so I turn on my Hinge and I was half asleep and had like three sips of a drink. And that's a lethal combination because that's when I just wake up at home. <laughs> like I don't do anything crazy, you know, it's not like you danced on the bar or, you know, ran, you know, laid down in the, you know, middle of the street. Like there was, yeah, it, it's just like, yeah, you, you, you got tired. So you went home. Like that's, those are my nights now that I'm 25. <laughs> Right? You know how it is. Oh, I've been known how it is. <laughs> you called me and I was already in bed and I was like, yeah, this, it was like nine o'clock. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. No. Gotta, this has got to wait for another day. I understand. You also like have to go to bed at nine because you wake up at like the ass crack of dawn. So yeah. I wasn't offended, but I was alarmed when I got a text from another, from a number I didn't have saved in my phone. And that's usually a red flag, but like I got a new phone and I hadn't backed up my iCloud in like two years. So it was, you know, I was like, oh, I wonder who this is going to be. I opened the message and it says, hey, we still on for tonight? And so I'm like, who, what? So, and then I think like, are my friends getting together tonight? Because, you know, my one friend, you know, he has like these solo gigs all over the place. So then I, I click on the text and I go to the conversation and all I see before that is like this guy, this dude who called himself my Prince Charming from Hinge. And I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck did I do? Red flag. Red flag. And I look and I had agreed to plans that I didn't remember making. Rebecca, mind you, as of the holidays, I stopped dating completely because it's just... I got shit to do. I'm finally feeling healthy and I know what I'm doing with my job and things are going okay for a change. I'm not throwing a man into the mix. So I'm like, okay, but it's like an hour before I said I'd meet him. And I, the only thing worse than a bad date, because I'm pretty well versed in those at this point is feeling guilty for the rest of my life for letting the stranger down. (sighs) So I go. Mm Mm-hmm knowing nothing about this person. First thing I did was disable my hinge again because I forgot to do that. Um, I like reread the conversation to get what I can. I know we both like to f- go out to eat a lot. And like, that's about all I got on this guy. So I walk in and this 
man is there. And he's like, hello, how are you? Like, hi. And he's like, it's nice to meet you. And I was like, yeah, you too. Now, are you exaggerating his voice or like, are you trying to replicate how he sounds? I am trying to replicate the voice. And I'm not... I want to be clear about one thing. I'm not making fun of this guy's voice because it's not something he can change, but I'm trying to make clear how um, alarmed, like how alarmed I was by the tone. (laughs) You know, I was really just caught off guard because it was like Gilbert Gottfried. (laughs) So, and like after like a minute, I got used to it. So... I I don't want to be there. I think he knows I don't want to be there. But, you know, like I said, I was going to do something. I have to follow through on it. So we get, we met, we met at a coffee shop at night for some reason. I should have realized that was a red flag too. Meet at the coffee shop, get hot chocolate. And then I really knew something was up when they asked what kind of milk he wanted. And he said he wanted oat milk. Okay. And I was like, oh no. Not an oat milk guy. <laughs> People that, that means drink oat milk make it their personality that they have oat milk and that they're elite compared to everybody else. He was very happy to say oat milk and then kind of asked me like, well, what do you want? You know, what kind of milk do you want? And I was like, any milk. I don't care. Like, just give me the fuck <laughs> out of here. Like, whatever milk helps the hot chocolate brew fastest. I don't know. Supreme diesel. I don't know. So then... We go to sit down and they only had high tops available. And he was like, nah, I don't want to sit here. And I was like, well, it's where we've got to sit. We can't sit outside. So, and my feet were like dangling off of this high top chair. And then I don't remember how but we got, we started talking about like books versus movies and Harry Potter specifically. And like, now I'm in my element. And uh, I, I said, you know, well, I like the movies more personally because I just, I'm not a, you know, big on, you know, reading, you know, committing to a whole book because I don't know when it'll be over. Whereas in a movie, I know that I will be done with this task in like two hours. Okay. Like, that's what I like about it. And also I started, you know, the books came out before I was really reading chapter books. So Mm -hmm. I watched the movies with my brother. So I could never compare it to a book because I'd just be picturing what I see in the movie. So I say something along those lines. Um, this man was also not very bright. And he loved to mansplain things to me. Mm-hmm. And my definition of mansplaining is pretty much just when you explain things that I tell you about. Oh, okay. Right? If mean- I ask you a question, that's not mansplaining. I want to hear from you. But if I'm telling you something and you assume a bunch of things and say, well, this person acts like that because... I was talking about um, a coworker. He was like, yeah, but you know, it's an entry level position and he's probably just, you know, doing something else. And he's acting like this because X, Y, Z. And I was like, this is a man in his thirties who has like 11 years of prior experience. He was like, oh, then you got me, (laughs) you know? And it's like, that's mansplaining. Like I was saying some, I was informing you of something and you explain it back to me like that's. And so we keep, talking and then we're on Harry Potter and he looks me in the eye Rebecca like this I say but you know yeah I guess the movie's more and he goes I'm scared of the metaverse wait just threw that out there threw it out there non sequitur 
look me dead in the eyes. I'm scared of the metaverse. And I was, um, (laughs) I was so (laughs) caught off guard. I was so caught off guard and didn't know what to say, but I, you know, panic mode. I thought really quickly, I'm not going to ask him what he means by that because I don't care. Oh no. If you asked him that, that was the beginning to never ending explanation. You were not going to get out of that coffee shop alive. Exactly. I wanted to leave when I was on my way in. Literally, Rebecca, I had to make a left turn. Um, I had to make a left turn to get in and it's a busy street. And I was literally like waving all the cars in before me. I was like, no, you can go. I'll make a left after you. I was there for like six minutes before another <laughs> car came behind me. And it's the one lane road. And he honked at me and I was like, fine, I'll go. I'll go on my stupid date that I don't remember making. So, um, I, I, I thought quickly, I was like, I don't want to be here another hour. This guy's talking to me like I'm stupid, right? He's, I'm, I'm just not comfortable and I'm tired. I'm exhausted. So, um, panic mode things quickly. So he looks at me, he goes, I'm scared of the metaverse. And I just went, I know it's crazy. Right. And then just kept talking. <laughs> I love how he like, thought about you. I'm scared of the metaverse. I was like, Oh yeah, I know. Right. Crazy. Uh, Anyways, I have to go. Like I left 10 minutes later. <laughs> I just, I love how he threw that out there as if that was going to be like the topic that was going to save this date. This was the final straw. There was no saving the date. There was, there was, there was, no, I mean, I think it was like he wanted his turn to talk about something he knew about and I didn't, even though he seemed to think I didn't know about anything. Okay. We love he, that. Oh, oh, here's the iconic one. This is why I called you, actually. I wanted to tell you this specific one. He told me, and everyone's, I love conspiracy theories. I mean, hello, look at what we do. Yes. I don't like when people tell me conspiracy theories in a way to get me to, like, believe them. Okay. You know how, like, you're at a party and you're like, oh, have you heard about chemtrails? And then someone's like, they're real. The, you know, the moon landing was fake or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, he was one of those. So we were, I, we were talking about history. I love history. It's my favorite subject, best subject. So I'm like, I'm going to flex on this guy. There's nothing he can't mansplain to me about history. We start talking about um, the book, The Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And we go on to ancient history and geography. Meanwhile, he, this man is lost. I shouldn't say we. This man had two brain cells left and they were both fighting for third place. I wish I'm drinking a beer right now. Instead, it's water. Well, Lily, on that note, I think we should get into something that's a little scarier than that dating story. Not by much. but The uh, metaverse? <laughs> the metaverse. We... <laughs> Not the metaverse. No. So actually, though, we are going to be reading off three of the creepiest stories that we could find on Reddit. You know, we love going on Reddit and reading some spooky, kooky, stories. Uh, So without further ado, Lily, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? How do you want to do this? I will start off. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay. So all of mine are from the paranormal subreddit. I thought it would be fun to do some from No Sleep but I wasn't sure if you were going for um, real or fake. And sometimes it's hard to tell on no sleep. So I just went to the classic paranormal. Awesome. We love the classic paranormal subreddit. 
Right. Okay. So this first one um, is by um, No Gingers. <laughs> okay. And uh, it is called the The Rotten Woman. Oh. And it goes a little something like this. Back when I was in my late teens, I moved out of I moved out of my hometown, then rented a room for, from some couple. The woman didn't work, but her partner did. So she had lots of time on her hands, and she tried to control everything in the house, including me. I was working with two jobs while studying. The, the woman had literally no life besides trying to mess up other people's lives and started doing weird stuff, like I woke up to find her watching me sleep. Oh, <laughs> She stole my sunglasses, killed my fish, etc. All in the name of being a an expletive that I will not say. Um, she tried bossing me around and IRL trolling. Mm. Though she would disappear every full moon to apparently get nude and dance with her coven in the mountains, she claimed to be a witch. Despite my interest in spirituality and tarot, I don't believe in witches or witchcraft. I think the spells work on a belief system that causes a domino effect of either positive or negative things occurring. Which, yes, I I will vouch for that. (laughs) Anyways, I decided I had enough of tolerating her bullshit and moved out. That resulted in her stalking me via turning up to my workplace and staring at me for hours. I reported her to the police, and then she tried to cyberstalk me via Facebook and call, phoning me a million times. After moving into a new place, I would wake up in the night to see something standing in the corner of my room. Whenever I got up or turned the light on, it disappeared. Hence, I assumed I was dreaming. Eventually, it started standing at the foot of my bed, but... Again, whenever I tried to get up or turn on the light, it would vanish. One night, I woke up to it standing there like usual, but this time I could see a creepy woman's face on it. It was smiling at me. I just got hills. I said, fuck off, and it vanished. For a while, I didn't see the thing, but I started coming up with scratches all over my body. I had no idea where they were coming from. I would find them on my arms, chest, hips, and thighs. One night I woke up and ran to the bathroom mirror because I thought something bit me and to find scratches on my shoulder or back like someone had just clawed me. I checked my bed for anything that could scratch me and even visited a doctor who asked me if I was self-harming. I wasn't and couldn't figure out where these scratches were coming from. The last incident occurred one night when I was half asleep and rolled over onto my side. I felt air on my face originally, but I ignored it until I felt a big gust of air directly into my face. I opened my eyes to come face to face with this rotten, bloated, dead-looking woman. She looked wet like someone killed her, then left her in some water to rot. Her body was coming out from underneath the bed while her head was propped up near my face. I actually screamed and was too scared to get off the bed. I covered my face with the blanket, then started saying prayers and waited until the morning. After that, it never came back, and the scratches healed. It scares me to think about, but I do wonder if it lived under my bed for a period of time and was scratching me from underneath. As to where it came from, again, I don't believe in spells, but whatever it was wanted to pose as female. I think it was part of my loser ex-housemate, like a malevolent manifestation of spite. Damn. So, yeah, I mean, 
that's a next level Karen demonic style. Honestly, that I'm medically is- exempt from not scratching you at night. <laughs> I just, I am, that just screams just demonic, demonic practice right there. Somebody put bad juju on that person and clearly got their message across. And once I guess it scared the bejesus out of them. Yeah. And then the spell was done because it seems like this wasn't something that happened after this one really scarring situation. But I don't think I'd be able to sleep after this happening to me ever again. Oh, hell no. One of the comments actually just says, sweet dreams, everyone. Yeah, no. Honestly, like in these stories, I obviously want to believe the person. I do. Mm -hmm. But if this were me, like if this were something that actually happened to me, I genuinely don't think... I could be a functioning human being. That is such a horrifying experience. No fucking way. How do you, how do you go about life knowing that things like that ugh, you? I could never. The interesting, it's interesting. There was a lot of discussion in the comments about people who, you know, one of them was like, well, I, I'm like, uh, I practice this. And some people say, you know, witchcraft and Satanism. Was, like there was a big discussion on it, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I I have to agree that like I want to believe this, but at the same time, just so I can sleep, it's like when a kid goes missing and you tell yourself the parents are hiding them. Yes, because it's just easier to sleep with, even though you know damn well someone took that child. Yes, it's like it's like that. That's exactly I'm like, I'm like no, no, no. This is made up for the internet, but at the same time, why would someone? You know what I mean? It's yeah. You put it into better words than I could. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Like that's just a horrifying experience. Yeah. And it seems like it's, well, it's really interesting because what the author also said was like, I feel like, you know, like about kind of like the energy, right? Like, like something gets more power as you give it more energy and the more scared you get, the more powerful something becomes, which we see in like all the horror movies and on all the ghost shows and everything. And it seems like that did happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, definitely. where it was want. like just standing in the corner, and then it's at she's at the foot of the bed, and then she's scratching, and then she's in his. You know what I mean? It's like definitely as he's getting more and more, or she's getting more and more like stressed or freaked out about the situation. You know, this whatever it is is getting more power. So I oh. thought that was kind of a good classic type of one to start on. Uh, you you picked the perfect one to start off with. <laughs> so my next one is from user. What can I say today? And this was written written yesterday. uh, And it's titled, Need Insight on What I Saw That Day. So this Mm -hmm. happened 10 years ago, but I remember it vividly. This was when I was 18 years old and lived with my parents and siblings in a small town that was right near the Rocky Mountains in Canada. It was summertime and about 1130 at night, and it was a clear night with good visibility. My friend, who was 17 at the time, also lived with us, and she was with me and saw what I saw. At the time, my family and I were part of what we've now come to know as a cult. This is relevant, yeah, this is relevant to the story because it is why we were out so late and my parents' door was locked. Me and my friend were told that we had to live with the leaders of the cult at this time. It's irrelevant to go into why for the story. But anyway. Oh my God. Yeah. Red flag as soon as you hear the name cult in a family. <laughs> yeah. The cult leader's house was across the back alleyway and a few houses down from my parents' house. We did not want to live with them, so we would spend as much time as possible at my parents' house and leave very late at night to go to the cult leader's house. So back to the story. 
Like I said, it was around 1130 at night, summertime, clear night. We leave my parents' back door to head to the cult leader's house. My mom locks the door behind us, turns off the lights, and I assume goes to bed. Me and my friend walk out through our backyard and are in the alleyway. Our backyard has no fence. It just goes straight into the alleyway. So we turn left as the cult house is a few houses down and across the alleyway. With a oh, great, an alley and a cult. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so behind us, the alleyway stretches a good five or so houses back and straight ahead. So we're barely in the alleyway when we hear garbage cans from behind us being knocked around. I can only describe this like, imagine someone clumsily knocking into them and trying to stop them from falling down so they keep knocking them. And because we live right near the mountains, we're used to a ton of wildlife in town, like bears, cougars, moose, etc. So my immediate instinct is that it's a bear and we've startled it while it was getting into someone's garbage. I immediately panic and I'm wondering if we go back through the yard and bang on my parents' back door that's locked or if we should just make a quick break for the cult house because it's most certainly unlocked. Um, <laughs> make a break for the it's like that commercial where they're like let's go hide in the shed with all the chainsaws yes. <laughs> either decision is just not a good one um <laughs> my friend starts screaming my name over and over and grabbing my arm she's looking back towards the garbage cans while i'm trying to plan what to do next then all of a sudden she screams and i look over my shoulder not really any time to think or process at all and then i see it it was a huge Thing and it was flying. It swooped over our heads, maybe four feet above us, and continued up higher, maybe getting to about 15 feet. Again, no time to think. We just both screamed and yelled at this point. And here's the kicker it flew right towards the cult leader's house. Oh, shit. <laughs> it swooped slash banked between cult leader's house and the house beside it and then disappeared out of sight. Now, this person's going to describe what it looked like. Um, and they pretty much say, I cannot fathom that it could be anything other than paranormal. So this was the description. Its wingspan was about eight to nine feet long, maybe long, longer. It was inky black. And they say, I mean, just totally the darkest black I could possibly describe. I've never seen anything like it before or since color wise. I had no distinguishable features, no feathers, no head, no eyes, no beak to describe, nothing. The best way I could describe it is if you can imagine a huge stingray minus the tail and head, much, much longer wings. My friend describes it like imagine a shadow of a large flying creature, but a more solid, darker shadow. Like if you touched it, mm. you can feel it for sure. Or at least you think you would. So, um, and it made no sounds. And it flew so graciously over them. And the way it banked between the house, its houses, it was so effortless. But being so large, it was quite impressive that it was able to maneuver and make no sound. The only sound that it made was from rustling of the garbage cans. So anyway, after that description, they were totally stunned and shocked and so, so frightened. Uh, they explained that they stood there for a short time watching to see if it would come back, but it never did. Eventually... They talked, decided to go to the cult house, even though that was the way the creature went because the door would be unlocked. So at least they knew they mm -hmm. could get into a safe space. When we got inside, we immediately went to one of the leaders, the woman, there was two, a man and a woman, and told her everything as best we could, totally freaked out and shaken up. And when we were finished, she paused and looked at us for a while with a strange look on her face and simply said, 
Where there is great light, there will be great darkness. And then she walked off. My friends and I stayed up for hours by the front window looking out, wondering if we could see it. But we never did, and we never saw it again thereafter. I have since that experience attempted to Google on quite a few occasions, um, but have not found anything even remotely similar to what we saw. So this was phrased as a question to see if anyone on Reddit, on this paranormal subreddit, has ever experienced something like this. And okay. I was looking through the comments, uh, someone had commented saying, I saw something very similar to around the same age. I was also involved, this is the common denominator, I was also involved in a religious group similar to that, but had left at the time. So, but this, these people have this connection of having been a part of these religious groups slash cults. Um, Whoa. Yeah, and they say around that area, I'd seen a black thing that um, that was in a much wooded area. There was tall mountain peaks, um, large metal re- water reservoirs, cow fields. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that there's like old closed mines where major disasters were held earlier. Um, they said natives said that the area around the mountain had a Bigfoot type of creature, which others had claimed to have seen near the start of the hiking trail. Just a lot of weird things going on. And there were some other comments as well saying that they had seen a dark, it wasn't humanoid, but more of like an animalistic sort of creature. Like a cryptid type of moment? Yes, exactly. Um, And these people were also at one point um, a part of a, a religious group slash kind of cult group. Um, at wow. one point in life, whether they were in it when they saw it currently or they had just left it. So I thought that was a very interesting um, common denominator point to make. You know what I could see this being? What? Like a sign of a cult. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like a warning? Like a bad omen? Yeah, like a bad, exactly, yes. Thank you, thank you. Exactly what I was thinking. Like a bad omen or, mm-hmm. or, you know how in Harry Potter, to go back, um, Professor McGonagall can turn into a cat, right? Like she turns into a cat. Mm-hmm. Do you think, have they ever seen their cult leaders and these black or- masses in the same place at the same time? Get out. Oh my God, they shapeshift. That's exactly what yes. they Yes. Right? I mean, why not throw that in the mix? Wow. But I mean, no, in all, seri- in all seriousness, though, I could see it being kind of like a bad omen or... I like the shape-shifting like theory. That. Can we just roll with it? <laughs> I like the shape-shifting theory. We'll keep it light. We'll keep it light. Yes. Okay. okay. I like that. That's what it... Okay. That's what it was, guys. Shape-shifting. Close. Next story. Debunked. Yes. <laughs> What's yours, okay. Lily? So my next story is called Creepy Little Girl. And this is by a user named Puppies420. <laughs> <laughs> I love these names. I know, right? Okay. So this one goes, hello, I have been sitting on the story for about 10 years. In high school, I worked at a family fun park, go-karts, battling, ca- batting, battling cage, <laughs> <laughs> batting cages, laser tag. One day at work, I was working outside on the go-kart track. One of my coworkers came outside and asked if I had seen this creepy little girl uh, that uh-huh. looked straight out of a horror movie. And wait for it. This was the moment I picked it. 
They said she had very pale skin, long black hair, and was wearing... Rebecca, what do you think she was wearing? I mean, if I had to put money on it, I wouldn't say a green dress. I'd probably go white. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, too many of these episodes. Ding, ding, ding. So my coworker was joking about how scary and unsettling she looks. The park really isn't that big, and I didn't see anyone like that. Creepy little girls are actually one of my biggest fears, so I'm telling her to quit with this story, and she's insisting that it is true. Another one of my coworkers... Oh, no, I lost my place. Here it is. Another one of my coworkers comes out now talking about the girl, too. Those two female coworkers were best friends and would mess with other employees a lot. So I wrote it off as one of their stupid jokes. Fast forward about an hour later, maybe. Now I'm working inside at the laser tag. This boy, maybe 10 years old, comes out of the laser tag crying. He runs to his dad and starts talking to him. His dad comes over and says his son was attacked in the laser tag area by a girl. The story he said was that a girl screamed at him, then charged him and started scratching him. I noticed then the little boy is bleeding. Oh, this little fella just wanted some family fun. Oh, my gosh. He has a look that is a combination of pure horror and a thousand-yard stare. His dad also seems to be very concerned as well. His son was very frightened. I asked him what the person looked like. He said a girl with long black hair and a white dress. Of course. Oh, my God. That's heartbreaking, mostly for the child. I don't know why I'm feeling for the child so much right now. I'm just picturing this little 10-year-old boy in his little light-up sneakers running out of laser tags. Just wanting to play, minding his own business, just wanting to make some friends, have a good old time. Oh, my God. I'm picturing, like, denim cargo shorts on this little guy. Oh, my God. I I always feel like demonic or dark creatures they always try to go for the younger more naive kids because they're more vulnerable more vulnerable they're more naive they're more likely to give themselves be open to the idea of engaging with this type of um yeah so uh, that's so sad that's true and most 10 year old boys like they are gonna fuck with you but mostly they're just gonna try to get you to like eat dirt because someone on tv does it you know what i mean like he's they're not most children aren't capable of you know tearing at my heartstrings via text from a third party. I'm just picturing this guy in his little, I don't know why, I'm picturing like the little vest, like the big laser tag vest and his dad waiting. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you laughing at me? Yeah, of course I am. I'm so emotional. Okay. I send the two of them up front to get a Band-Aid. I was the only one working the laser tag, so I couldn't go in there or else I would leave the entrance unattended and my boss would not be happy about that. There were still a few people inside playing laser tag. Two minutes later, they came out. I asked them if they saw the girl and they said no. I closed the entrance of the laser tag by blocking it with a rope and went inside. I literally am clearing this laser tag area like a SWAT team. Every corner I take is fast and I'm ready to punch the fuck out of anyone trying to jump at me. I spend a few minutes inside. There's nobody there. Either she left out of the fire escape, which doesn't set off an alarm, or she left out of the front when I was clearing the laser tag and our paths didn't cross on the way out. Mm. The rest of the day passes without incident. I tell my coworkers about the girl. The two girls from before are hiding behind me because I 
doubt or chiding. What is chiding? Kidding? Chatting? Isn't that like, isn't that just like kind of talks talking amongst each other or something like that? That that must be it. Um, Either way, because, you know, they doubted them earlier. I'm back outside at go-karts. Right before my shift is up, I see her. She is standing outside the fence in the parking lot. White dress, black hair, very pale skin. Like the girl from the ring, except not a corpse. She is in the parking lot, smiling, crying, smiling, crying. Repeated back and forth, crying, followed by a sadistic little smile. Eventually, she walks off into the distance. I don't know where she went. I, I know she didn't have any parents or anyone with her when she left. What do you think was going on? An elaborate prank? I don't think the boy and his dad were faking. He definitely got scratched hard. Oh. Some sort of mentally sick, unsupervised child? Some sort of weird-ass demon child? It is still something I think of every so often. I'm almost afraid to post because I'm afraid of what answers might come. So everyone in the comments is saying uh, demon child. Definitely said I'd believe it if it was a wacky human kid. Why would they be in a nightgown though? And then somebody commented, I've been on this subreddit for months now. And this is the first story that actually scared me. Yeah, but honestly, that's so true. That's a good Which, point. same. Why would a kid be in a nightgown if it was actually a, a child from our realm? Well, I mean, my dad, okay, one day my dad did get mad at me because I didn't want to go to preschool. So he took me in my pajamas. And I had to spend the whole day in my pajamas until, well, not the whole day. He brought a change of clothes, but <laughs> I changed when I got there. But he was like, Lily, and you know, you have to go to school. And I was like, no, I don't. Oh, and so it was one I, of those moments he wished he wore a condom. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I refused to go to school and I thought he wouldn't take me in my pajamas. So he, you know, packed clothes, not telling me, right? I'm terrified. I'm in my little car seat in my pajamas on my way to school. And then the nice ladies were like, he, he packed you clothes, but you know. <laughs> that, that was actually Lily's villain origin story. so true trust issues that i could see as a kid i thought it was like the meanest thing but now as an adult i totally i totally support it one thousand percent one thousand when i was younger i look back on like things i was like oh i like at that time i thought my parents were being so mean and i'm like if i ever have kids like i'm gonna be so much more mean to them compared to my my parents are saints I know. I'm like, wait a minute. That was the only time that happened? (laughs) What? That was the only time that it got that bad? For me? Kids kids can be pretty fucking horrible. I've come to realize. Oh my God. I literally, I I don't, obviously I don't have kids. All my, like, I call them my baby cousins. Like they're all grown up. You know, we see kids a lot in public. We're starting to see them more again, which is great because they're most of the time pretty cute. But then you see some of them like, what? okay, one woman brought her kid to my job and that's fine. That's cool. You know, school's out, babysitter's busy, whatever. I don't care. And I gave her like crayons and a coloring book and she's sitting at another desk coloring and all of a sudden the kid's fucking gone. And her mom, who I'm, I'm helping out, is like, oh, she's such a pain in the ass. And I was like, um, 
She's under the desk and there's electrical cords. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, I hope she was like, oh my God, she's going to start a fire. And then, but she like didn't care. And so I was like, excuse me, sweetie, could you just, you know, I don't want you to get hurt. Could you just sit in the chair and color for me? And she did. I was like, but imagine anyways. what a messed up world we live in where Lily's a better mom than an actual <laughs> mom. Well, that leads wow. me to my point, which is that's, that's going to be me as a parent, like looking at my child, like you have to go to school. No, I don't want to. Can't take me in my pajamas. And I'll be like, bet. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see me? You want to see me only, try? Let's go. Only the difference, Rebecca, is I would not pack them a change of clothes. <laughs> that's, a, I was thinking the exact same thing. My kid doesn't get a second chance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. I'm going to start on my second story, which is um, the time I think I awkwardly interrupted a Victorian congregation of ghosts. I'm so excited for this one. And this is written by user A Wild and Wacky Bushman. I'm so excited. This is it. This is the story of a lifetime. All right. I hope this this reaches your expectations with everything. It it will. It will. When I think I was a kid, I walked in on an old church sanctuary full of ghosts. It was during an evening Christmas production at an older Catholic, I think, church in the city. (laughs) I think Victoria, B.C., uh, which is British Columbia. And during intermission, my mom and I explored the church a little and finding a staircase at the back leading up, we climbed it. At the top, there was a sort of landing where I vividly remember seeing it used as a storage for old desks and stuff. There was a light on above the stairs and the rest of that floor was dark. There was an open doorway across the landing from top of the stairs and the light shone through it into an older second sanctuary. You know when it's light enough so that you can see shapes and texture, but too dark to see color? Well, yes. I walked into the- Oh my God, I thought you were asking me. I'm so involved. I love you being involved. That's okay. I need the responses. It adds to the uh, the ambiance of the story. Yes. I'm such so, a dumbass. Back to the story. I walked into the blue lit sanctuary down the center aisle to the stage at the front. Then I turn around, notice to my awkwardness that I am not alone. As I look back at the front few rows of pews, I see blue figures of people sitting in the pews just looking at me. They, to my memory, appear to be wearing Victorian-style clothing and filling at least the first four rows or so. I remember most vividly a little girl sitting in the front row amongst the rest of the silent congregation. It's as if they were confused to see me just walk in and they were expecting me to say something. I first assumed that they were ordinary people, maybe actors for the production, having a meeting, and just said sorry as I strode back down the aisle to my mom waiting in the landing. But confusion hit me, too, even as I walked down the silent aisle past those I had, quote-unquote, interrupted. I wondered, why were they sitting like that in the dark? And also, there was no one on the stage, so who were they watching? Further, as I walked down the aisle and arrived at the stage, I sensed the presence of nobody. I heard nobody. And thinking back, I don't even think the production was a play, but a choir performance. There were no actors involved. So thinking back recently, I surmised that when they looked at me, it felt different. Like, you know how we all had a sixth sense of being able to feel somebody watching us? I didn't feel that walking into the sanctuary down the aisle and even looking towards the stage at the front. And even though I turned to see myself being watched, I still don't think I felt it. It's like some form of standard human communication when you make eye contact with people that just, it didn't happen. The stairs were empty. 
I also feel like they were faintly translucent. They just blended in a little too well. Anyways, it was a long time ago and time can do a lot to memory, but I'd like to imagine it was a spectral service I just walked in on and awkwardly hustled out of, LOL. The end. You know what energy that gives me? What? You know the, the, the party scene on the Haunted Mansion ride? Yes. When you're in the dining room and it's just all the ghosts straight chilling? It gives me that kind of vibe, but actually scary. But like creepier and like not Imagine dancing. them all fucking staring at you. Imagine you're on that ride, Rebecca, right? We're in our little buggy. Ride breaks down. All the ghosts turn and stare at you like this. Get out. Nope. Nope. Nope, and then they look at you and they say, I'm scared of the metaverse. Look. They look <laughs> <at you. laughs> oh, God. That is hard. Oh, that, that's so that's the real horrifying story. Yeah, right? The scariest of the whole episode. But my quick question, because I am a little confused. So was there actually ever a play going on? Like, So there was a choir performance. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't a play in the sense that it wasn't, there wouldn't be actors sitting there having a production meeting. Like it, like he originally thought they were actors looking at the stage, but there, there wouldn't be actors in a fire. It would just be musicians. It would be fire. Right. 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 But I'm saying like the original reason that he was there. Right. And they said intermission, like, was that real? I'm so confused. It was like, okay. he, I guess, went um, – how can I explain it? I guess he went with his mom because they were able to, like, go do that. I think it was just a choir performance. That- and then at intermission, they went up the spooky staircase, yes. and then they found the people sitting in the – oh, that's really terrifying. Spooky. Yeah. This is a spooky start to 2022. I love it. I, and the, the translucent blue color of these people – these are very weird. Like, who are these people? Why are they congregated there? Why are there so many of them? I hate it. And the silence. The silence is so loud. I don't like it. It's that. the silence. And for some reason, is it just me? I feel like you'll agree with me on this. Or are ghosts in Victorian costumes the scariest of all? Oh, yeah. Why have we not encountered ghosts in, like, 70s garb yet? I'm confused. Yeah. and uh, uh, It's always Victorian. There's never... I mean, there's never vintage ghosts, right? You don't see, like, bell bottoms and a big collar, I would right? find that a lot more you never see You never see a ghost in classic 1950s Dior with an A-line T-length skirt. You're not going to see that. You're not going to see an Edwardian ghost. Why do we hear people with their cowboy boots walking down a hallway rather than platform heels? I'm confused. Why are we not... I'm very confused. We need to... We need to talk to the higher ups in the afterlife and say, can we start recruiting more 70 deaths? Cause like this, yeah. this is too much for me. I'd like to speak to the manager of the ghost department. We need to like spice it up. I need to be less scared. Like this Victorian style stuff, it's starting to get outplayed and like, I'm tired of this creepiness. Like I need a little bit of like relief. I need a, like, like a stoned shaggy from Scooby-Doo like, that I want to be awesome. laying in bed, hearing a noise, and then it's just, like, a ghost, like, zoink. Like, Instead of walking in on Victorian-style people in a church, I want to walk in on people that, like, went to Woodstock in the middle of a scythe session, just passing around a fucking blunt. 
That's the type of thing I want to awkwardly walk in on. I'm already scared of what's going to happen when I walk into a church. I don't need more incentive. I agree. I agree. Like, great, I'm going to get set on fire upon entry, and then the ghosts are going to watch me burn in Victorian clothing? In silence? (laughs) In silence with their dumbass hoop skirts on. Oh, my God. (sighs) All right. I hate it. What is your last story? Okay, my last story... This one is fun. It's by Void of Mind Stretchery. Mm-hmm. And it's called Shadows slash Creepy Dollhead slash Smorgasbord of Weirdness. Smorgasbord. So Smorgasbord. When I was young, I had had a plethora of problems at night when it came to sleeping. I'd sleepwalk, sleep talk, scream in my sleep, have full conversations I wouldn't recall with my eyes open with family members. Night terrors, I'd see figures in the dark and frequently wake up mid-conversation in my empty bedroom, (laughs) swearing that someone was beside me. Typically, when this happened, it would seem like I was answering a question and I'd be very confused when I realized nobody was with me. I also had these strange dreams where everything would be black and it was just me and this same girl I didn't know. And it would seem like we were communicating telepathically. All right, so first of all, I'm not even halfway through the first paragraph and this this user knows something we don't. Mm-hmm. I'm already. ready for it. I need to know right, what he knows. Right off the bat. They had strong emotions in them and although there were big gaps in between them, I would think about them for very long bursts. I refer to her as the lake house girl, and she seemed pretty sad. The dreams with her, although infrequent, have continued into adulthood. The last happened six years ago with her continuously telling me to look in the basement. Hmm. I turn 28 next week. Ooh. Six years ago, look at the basement. I can't make any correlation between that, but anyway. Has he looked in the basement yet? No, I guess not. What the fuck is he waiting for? And right. did you have 38? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. So these things all occurred for me from the age of four or five to the age of 12 or 13. I also wet the bed during this time, and a good majority of the time I recall being awake when it would happen, but just being too terrified to make the movement to go to the bathroom. Hmm. My sister had all of the same issues that I did. She's eight years older than me, although her bedwetting lasted until she hit the age of 16. I've been told by my mom that I had some of these issues prior to my remembering them, but obviously, although I have a few memories from a very young age, I don't recall them. The main thing that always stuck with me about this time period was me seeing things in the hallway. It would happen almost nightly for a really long stretch of time, and it lasted for at least a few years, then got less frequent. At the time, I was six, and my mom was going through chemotherapy, and my home life was fairly traumatic. My bedroom was at the end of the hall to the left, and I had a bunk bed that I'd sleep on the top bunk of. It faced the hallway, and the first night I had started seeing things, I requested a nightlight because I had went the whole night without falling asleep. It would always start with a sinking feeling and my attention would go straight to my door that led out into the hallway. I would sense something there and then I'd begin seeing shadowy figures slowly creeping towards my doorway. Some seemed like they had hoods over their heads and others not. I don't recall ever making out facial features. 
They'd get to the doorway and then just deteriorate, but there would always be a steady line of them and they would just keep coming. I'd brought it up to my parents a few times and between that and the sleepwalking and screaming, my mom took me to the doctor and they just told her I had night terrors and sent us on our way. When I'd bring it up more, my parents would just get angry. So I kept quiet about it and only talked about it occasionally with my sister. See, that's upsetting. Yeah, I was about to comment on that. That's really sad that you feel like you don't have anyone to go to when you're going through something that seems very confusing and very scary. Uh, yeah, and, and also very uncommon, you know? Yeah. Like it's you not really like, oh, I'm alone. going through puberty and uncomfortable talking to my parents because, you know, odds are there's someone else dealing with it. But something like this, I mean, it must have been scary in so many ways. Especially to have family, people that you're supposed to trust the most that are supposed to protect you, not believe you. Exactly. And then imagine on top of all of this, right? You're young, you don't know anything. And now you're going through this whole thing alone, feeling like it's wrong that you're having this happen to you when you have no control over it at all. Yeah. Right. Being made to feel like there's something wrong with you, but so wrong, it can't even be talked about. I mean, absolutely awful. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Anyways. One night it got particularly bad and the figures were making it through the doorway And I started screaming uncontrollably and my dad got mad and came in and unplugged my nightlight and locked me inside my room. I sat there. Yeah. I sat there terrified for a while and a shadow appeared on my wall, but didn't move. Then I got the sinking feeling a hundred times worse than I had ever had it before. And it felt as though my room fell away from the house altogether along with the world as I knew it at that, mm-hmm. I started seeing these little imp-like creatures all around my room in the darkness, along with something hanging outside of my window. Ugh. I have little splotches of memories of this night that I still recall, but I've blacked out large portions of it, probably due to how bad it messed me up for a long time. I met a girl some years ago who had some similar experiences, and it re-sparked my interests in adulthood. And so far fairy folklore, little people, little brother stories, uh, and some cases of alien abductions and sleep paralysis have had some eerily similar details slash brought back some memories. Anyone else have any memories similar to this? I think I had sleep paralysis occasionally also, but some of the experiences, including the really intense night, didn't seem to be that to me, but I suppose that it wouldn't seem that way. Although I do recall moving that night, I got locked in my room. We would also go to a cabin on at the Lake of the Ozarks every weekend, starting when I was six. And I had only seen one figure there a few times on its own, but I would occasionally wake up knee-deep in the lake, just staring off into what? the water or towards the end of the cove. Oh, hell no. I know. I had always thought it was connected to the lake for some reason. And a few years back, my family replaced the electrical there and they found a very old German doll head in the attic with candles beside it. Nope. <gasps> nope. Fuck no. Nope. The attic is so small that you'd, prob- that you'd pretty much have to be a child to really go up there. Before we got the cabin, my father on my dad's side owned it and he hadn't gone down there in 17 years. So I'm unsure whether it was up there from someone who had been squatting there or if it had been up there from the family my grandpa bought it from. 
they were the Willis family and they built the cabin themselves and their family cemetery is a few miles from the cabin. I only got to visit when I was 16, but I plan to go back soon. Oh, my God. I've always referred to 17 as my lucky number prior to us getting the lake house, too. Unsure if that is significant or not, but it feels like it might be. I just joined Reddit and was unaware on where to post this, so I put it here. If any of you have suggestions on specific people to speak with about it, it would be much appreciated. I'd be interested in hearing from as many people as I can. Cheers. Smorgasbord, it was the best way to describe this story of spooky, kooky, ooky encounters. Because what the fuck with all the variety of paranormal happenings, you've got kind of possible demonic activity to shadow people to... yeah. Uh, I, I, what, what, I don't even they're all different experiences too like it's not like just one exactly. there's no there, there's no pattern like you can't at least not that I could pick up on maybe you um, you know or I could call my date from the other night and he can mansplain it to me but I really don't see any kind of like correlation between anything Yeah, I mean what I wonder I, okay, I have two theories. Only one is re- really paranormal, though. And I'll end with that one. My first one is, like, obviously this didn't start because of it, but since it seems like their parents, like, weren't very supportive and everything, like, I can imagine where at night, like, your brain would wander off to sort of, like, a place of make-believe. Yeah. You know, and maybe, reality. yeah, like, especially, like, the imagery of them saying, like, their house drifted away. Their room drifted away, right? Like, away, right? Like, in a book, yeah. Like, okay, maybe I'm just the daughter of an English teacher, but like, they would be like, what is that symbolic of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did the author make true. the curtains blue? Right? Like one of those types of things. Like, why do you think the room is drifting off from the rest of the home and the rest of reality, but taking reality with them? Right? Like mm-hmm. I kind of got that vibe, but also when I first read this and I read that first part about the dreams where he's talking to a girl, mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, I wonder if that's, like, his soulmate. And I found it really interesting that he said, you know, he met a girl who had similar experiences. At the same time, it could be, like, I know a girl who had, was actually, she was a twin, but she was the only one, um, but the twin actually was lost Mm mid-pregnancy. And she has dreams, like, where there's, like, always someone with her or something. Huh, that's very interesting. Right? And she like she never knew what they were until she went to a psychic and the psychic told her and then she went to her mom and was like, "Was I originally a twin?" and then like she cried and everything, whatever. Um, this well, not whatever. Else? That's that's Yeah, this is someone I know. It's crazy. Yeah, family member. Wow. So it's like, yeah, so it's So I mean I and then I, like I kind of thought of that, like is this someone you know, the author would have known or something, but, or is it just plain fucking paranormal activity? And this is just the chosen one of any type of ghost rumpus. Like, what do you think? (laughs) It seems like this person probably is very sensitive to the paranormal. And I think Mm -hmm. that things on the other side can sense those that are, um, that that are more sensitive than others or that Mm -hmm. are open to it. And that's why they may be attracted to this person and why this person's getting so many encounters over the period of their life. Mm. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm getting from it. 
I could see that. Do you think it's like in Frozen when um, they say, and then the parents don't listen, but where the guy says to the parents, like, if you hide it from her, if you make her hide it, it'll only get stronger. Do you think it's like that type of thing too, where they were like, we're not going to talk about it. You only have sleep, you know, you only have night terrors. And then the more like the author was hiding it, the more strong this sensitivity got. I see that for sure. For sure. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even think of it. I lo- only Lily can make a Disney reference and something <laughs> super fucking scary. Of course. Um, uh, you're right. <laughs> uh, all right. So this is my last story. And so this is kind of like a, it's like a theory slash statement, I guess. Um, okay. And it's titled Sleep Apnea and Hypoxia, Small Window into the Afterlife. So it starts, uh, this is by the Reddit user, Dr. Yared, and it goes, as internal medicine physician, I deal with all types of diseases and human conditions. Now I have done this job and medicine has been calling, it has been my calling for more than 15 years. So I can easily say that at this point in my career, I'm able to identify patterns in patients' experiences and see some commonalities. Well, these commonalities also expand to the realm of the unknown. There's a common experience that is, shall we say, odd in its reproducibility and its parallel nature from patient to patient. And I'm talking about patients coming in for restless nights, poor sleep quality and headaches that undoubtedly get later diagnosed um, of sleep apnea from me after the pertinent sleep study. But now here's the interesting part. Almost all of these patients have an issue with hyper-real dreams that can range from an astral projection type of experience hovering above their bodies, and in some instances, encounters with family members that have passed on and encounters with beings as well. The diagnosis here is straightforward. Obstructive sleep apnea is the most common sleep-related breathing disorder. It pretty much causes you to repeatedly stop and start breathing while you sleep. And there are several types of sleep apnea, but the most common is obstructive sleep apnea. And this type of apnea occurs when your throat muscles intermittently relax and block your airway during your sleep. A noticeable sign of obstructive sleep apnea is snoring, if you guys didn't know that. Um, And when you stop breathing, your oxygen levels drop drastically for short periods of time. And this jerks your your physiology into a panic and wakes you up to rescue you from your impending oxygenless doom. But when your oxygen is critically low, you can say that you're dangerously close to the threshold between life and death. In essence, a near-death experience on your favorite pillow. So mm. next time you see your loved one in a dream, <laughs> so next time you see your loved one in a dream, your astral project or have a wildly realistic dream, you could have just had a brush with the Grim Reaper without knowing it. Sweet dreams. So the reason why I picked this story to finish up with is because this person- Because it's fucking eight o'clock at night, almost nine, and you don't want me to sleep? That, of course. And on top of this, this is someone that is an internal medicine physician. This is someone that believes in science, that um, has done research for quite some time now, and obviously has some logic behind them. They aren't just going to automatically think everything is paranormal. They're going to try to find some scientific explanation behind it. But I found this interesting of explaining how sleep apnea works and how people that experience really bad sleep apnea, mind you, there's many different kinds. I didn't know that. Um, But really the, the, the physiology of it all is when your oxygen is critically low, 
you're pretty much getting really close while you're while you're not really being able to breathe that well between life mm-hmm. and death. And maybe that is why in those moments, um, people in their dreams see loved ones because they're closer to that other side, that, that veil. Oh my God. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I, I thought, and then, uh, someone had commented saying, this is something that happens, uh, in regards to sleep deprivation as well. If you don't sleep for days, it's like a veil is removed and you can see the coinciding spirit realm that seems to exist right next to us on earth. Oh my God. I need to stay up for like seven days. And just see if this works. If you can go to the just other Just see side. if it works. Well, it's interesting because I read something. Well, okay. My brother read something when he was a kid, when I was a kid, right? I was like eight and he was like 11 and it was about people trigger warning people choking themselves like strangling themselves to feel um they were calling it ecstasy right not the drug but this feeling of ecstasy Mm -hmm. um and you know obviously planning on releasing their throats from their grip so that they could live they just wanted to feel it and like a bunch of teenagers died and i like didn't understand it and like my mom was like I just remember my mom telling me I shouldn't be reading my brother's, you know, whatever, like, magazine it was or, like, fucking on the computer. He left it open. But it's – that kind of brought me back to that about that same type of, like, cutting off your oxygen and these psychological things and and then the other other side and so close, you know, in between. It's fascinating. And it kind of, like – mostly what you said, though, and partially this kind of makes you realize how thin that – line is between you know life and you know being on the other side which is just you know the next time you almost get sideswiped by an 18 wheeler you know you're like holy shit yeah wow i'm lucky but it could also just be every morning you wake up and think wow you know i didn't have any sleep apnea and almost die last night we're we're never guaranteed tomorrow that's for sure Oh my gosh. And some days I'm like totally okay with that. (laughs) I can joke about it. You can't. (laughs) Let me joke. It's okay. It's like John Mulaney says, I'll get in trouble. You won't. I'll get in trouble for it. You'll be the canceled one. It's fine. I'm fully plan on it. Uh, On that note. I have my notes app ready. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta take that screenshot of that apology. Yeah. the fake tears. Oh, all right, Lily. On that note, I think that concludes our first episode of 2022. What do you think? I think it should because we should quit while we're ahead because that was a fucking awesome episode. We had was, some great stories. That was great. Pat on the backs to both of us virtually. All right. And without further ado, want to shout out our socials? Absolutely. It would be an honor. All right. Let's get started. Follow us on Instagram at just Bully Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca River and. Wait, can I say it like my date? Of course you can. Okay, wait, restart. Okay. Uh, you want to start from the, uh, the Instagram part? Yes. Okay. Follow us on Instagram. Just Bully Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca River and. At Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Bully Things Podcast. <laughs> Facebook private group. Just Bully Things Podcast group. Donate to that Patreon. Just Bully Things Podcast. 
Buy our merch at tpublic.com and then you search. Um, let me explain to you <clears throat> how it works. You're going to click the search bar and then on your keyboard, no joke, Rebecca, this is what happened. On your keyboard, you're going to type in just J U S T Ghoulie G as in Gary H O as in Omicron U L as in lion Y things T as in Tammy H I N as in New Balance G S as in Sam or Rebecca Ruber, that's you, in case you were wondering. Rebe- you are RebeccaRuber.com slash shop. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share and mansplain to us, feel free to email us at... You're going to open up your keyboard one more time. Just Ghoulie Things Podcast at G as in Gary... M as in Mary, A-I-L as in Larry, dot com. All right. So now Lily could only shout out our socials in that voice for the rest of 2022. My neighbors are definitely, because my window's open right now, they're definitely like, what the fuck is she up to? (laughs) Oh, she's just recording her paranormal podcast. It's normal. Yeah, it's totally normal. All right, Boo Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Just Ghoulie Things, and we will talk to Boo next week. Goodbye! Alex Knight, the world's foremost authority on Bigfoot research, heads to Canada to investigate a profoundly incredible Bigfoot encounter. His daughter, Sydney, eagerly joins the expedition. Accompanied by reluctant Toronto television hostess Amira Ali, Sid and her father's team adventure north in pursuit of the legendary Sasquatch. Prophecy from a forgotten Algonquin tribe and a mystical calling deeply connects Sydney to the creature. The revelation of unknown truths ensures that Sydney will never see the forest or herself the same again. Get your copy of James Allen Ross's Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot, now for the price of $9.99 paperback and $0.99 cents on Kindle. Available on Amazon now.